He's taking the gloves off. He's talking in depth about pro wrestling, sports, pop culture, trending topics on social media, politics, and his crazy life. He's uncensored. He's unapologetic. He's media personality Brad Shepard. And he's unleashed. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came here to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Put me on the stage now. I'm ready to rage now. I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. Welcome to Brad Shepard Unleashed. Now listened to in 59 different countries and every continent in the world. Think about that. By the way, I'm just getting started. If you're not following me on Twitter and Instagram, stop what you're doing right now. Search It's Brad Shepard. Hit that follow button and turn on notifications because you never know what I'm going to say next. All right, I've got a great show for you this week, including my exclusive interview with Porky Pig himself, Kevin Owens. So let's dive right in. It's time to take the gloves off. Well, the fake news wrestling media is at it again as they are each and every week. Sean Ross Sapp reported in June behind his paywall that WWE Faction Judgment Day was set to have a supernatural element and Edge was opposed to that. Recently, Damian Priest did an interview with Digital Spy where he shot down Sapp's report saying nobody involved wanted the group to have a supernatural element. Well, then I broke the news on Karrion Cross's return to WWE. And then a day later, behind his paywall, Sapp posted that Cross was set to return to WWE. Instead of getting his insider news right and reading up on journalistic ethics on properly crediting other members of the media. Sapp spent his days this past week arguing with former WCW announcer Mark Madden, making physical threats and harassing people. This is why people don't take Sean Sapp seriously as a journalist. And any real reputable media outlet would have fired him a long time ago but he doesn't work for a real media outlet. And so each day he's more emboldened and extreme and the situation with him escalates. And unfortunately, I fear one day it could indeed end in tragedy if he doesn't get the help he needs. Well, let's talk about my friend 
Ben Hameen of Hameen Media Group. He's back at it again. <laughs> In between canceling Brad Shepard Unleashed earlier this year on Hameen Media Group and his outdated high school gym terrorist cosplay and weekends, Ben Durr, a.k.a. Ben Hameen, has once again found time to talk about me, not to my face, but once again behind a paywall. I was made aware of the situation by a friend who sent me the audio, and I'm going to play the specific part for you right now. But the one dude, Brad Shepard, who's a hot button, a a habitual line stepper, Brad Shepard, a, a habitual line stepper, a, a, a habitual line stepper, a, a, a habitual line stepper. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So Ben Durr, a man with a documented history of saying politicians should be killed, who also canceled me for the crime of calling Brody Lee a mid-card wrestler, which is a true statement, claims to be a free speech anti-cancel culture warrior. But once again, he's telling on himself because Ben, here's a little tip for you, free speech is about stepping over the line. It's not so we can talk about the weather. If you don't understand that, you're as phony as the wrestling character you play. The last time you buried me behind my back on your little paywall that, by the way, gets far less downloads than my show. I told you privately to get your mop bucket, motherfucker, because it's cleanup time. And now I'm telling you again, Ben, because you haven't learned your lesson. And your problem is simple. Just like that window-whacking loser who apologized to you and begged to buy Sean Sapp lunch, you're a weak-kneed joke who doesn't stand for what he claims to believe in under pressure. I serve my country. I was a sworn law enforcement officer getting shot at, fighting cracked-out felons, and chasing down the baddest people on the planet. What have you done with your life besides live off your wife's income while you sit your fat ass at home and pretend to be an entrepreneur because you do a podcast with two other guys who live off their wives' incomes and a few other guys no one in the business has ever heard of? Yet here you are once again talking about me and promoting the idea that free speech is a bad thing. Here's a spoiler for you, man. These companies aren't going to hire you, and it's not because of me, no matter how many times you tell people that. The problem is you, and it's time for you to take a hard look in the mirror and figure out what you really believe in. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Monster Kill. What the fuck am I watching? Now it's time for my jobber of the week. <laughs> the wonderful she, him, her behind transgraps, and I am presuming her pronouns, <laughs> who blocked me long ago on social media, by the way. Well, 
She's now been exposed for promoting a show where she sold essentially no tickets, refused to cancel the show, and then didn't pay talent and actually left them stranded without hotel accommodations. A complete mark on Twitter who thought she could be a wrestling promoter. And once again, the progressive woke shit show in pro wrestling turns out to be an absolute disaster. And that's why Transgraps is my jobber of the week. Well, it's time for the interview you've all been waiting for. My exclusive interview with WWE superstar Kevin Owens. First, I want to thank you for coming on Brad Shepard Unleashed. Now, I hope I'm not making you nervous. I want you to be comfortable around me. But I've got a, a very important appointment. Just relax. Take a deep breath. All right. So we do have a history, you and I. You don't like me. I don't like you. In fact, you blocked me a long time ago on Twitter. And recently, I did call you a fat sack of shit. And I know that's triggering for people because everyone can see it's actually true. But how did that make you feel? You know what? Never mind. You use your platform and social media to preach social justice. But do you remember when you said the N-word at a PWG show? I wondered if those same people who came to your defense love that. You're not a racist, are you, Kevin? I mean, sure, we have free speech in America and... I serve my country and swore to defend the U.S. Constitution. Hell, without patriots like me, you might not be in this country leeching off its greatness so that you, a foreigner, could provide for your family. Some might even argue you owe me a thank you. But that aside, you said I probably would kiss your ass in person and call you brother if I saw you. One thing you would be doing, though, if we talked in person, is looking up at me. Because I'm six foot six, and, well, you're not. I'd hate to be the one to have you deported back to America's little brother up north so you can sip your little Tim Hortons Dunkin' Donuts ripoff coffee. All right, but I've got a very important appointment. You know, Kevin... Look, I appreciate your time. In closing, everyone knows that you're getting pushed again because you're Paul Levesque's boy. But how did it feel to sell more for me on Twitter than you did for Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 38, you fat son of a bitch? That's all, folks. Well, now it's time for the Raw review in the Paul Levesque WWE creative era. Let's talk about it. We saw the return of KO, the guy I just talked to. He's booked like fucking Goldberg, squashes Ezekiel in less than a minute via referee stoppage. That was 
beyond ridiculous. When the prize fighter looks like a prize eater and the guy he's beating up actually looks like a tough guy. I mean, make it make sense. But this is the Paul Levesque creative mindset. He is infecting his failed NXT booking onto the main roster. And we can only hope he does as little of it as possible. We got Dominic. He's Rhea Ripley's bitch. How embarrassing is that? Each week she finds a new way to cuck him, humiliate him, embarrass him, make him look like a complete pussy. Then we saw a whole lot of women's wrestling. In fact, way too much women's wrestling. They advertised it in advance. And what do you know? Raw viewership drops this past week. I wonder why that is. Paul is determined to implement that NXT agenda. Just look on SmackDown. He's going to push the vanilla midget indie flippers like Ricochet. Ricochet beats Happy Corbin. Are you kidding me? But Ricochet is a Paul Levesque guy. And he does all the... The flips and tricks and 19 years in the business hasn't learned how to cut a fucking promo. He's got the charisma of dry paint. But you see, that doesn't matter to the game. And if this sort of agenda continues, raw viewership will continue to drop and alienate their audience. I want to talk about an important topic in pro wrestling. And it's the trend of women's wrestlers overdoing it on makeup and plastic surgery. That's right. I said it. There was an autograph signing with Naomi and Sasha Banks. And in the picture with Sasha Banks, whether you think it's overdoing the makeup whether you think it's plastic surgery and certainly you could do comparisons of her nose and it looks like there was some plastic surgery and let's be honest there probably was but either way you slice it whatever the case is she looked like a drag show contestant instead of a beautiful young woman and that's a problem because somebody has told her that what she did that what she looked like was actually good, was actually okay, was normal, was healthy, and that the way she was wasn't good enough. And that's a mindset we have to break. We should be promoting natural beauty. Men should tell women that, no, too much plastic surgery is not healthy or normal or necessary. And if that triggers you, then you're part of the problem. All right, it's time for the mailbag. I have left a lot of time for the mailbag. You're probably wondering why that is. Well, it's because we have more questions than ever. I love doing the mailbag, and let's answer your questions. Now that management has changed, do you know if anything will change with the WWE Network? I remember a former WWE Network employee saying in an interview that there are stacks, literally stacked up in a filing cabinet, of fully edited, multi-episode TV shows. 
feature documentaries, interview specials, etc., that are fully edited but never released. With Vince gone, do you think that the network will change up much? I I think the network will evolve eventually. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be some big change because uh, Vince isn't there. I I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, at least initially. WWE has a ton of content, and they've always underutilized the network, in my opinion. Um, you know, even dating back to the pre-Peacock days, when in the United States they were on their own platform. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a ton more they could do with the network. I thought, you know, there was one one time they considered Steve Blackman and his Bounty Hunter show. Uh, you know, that's the kind of content I think they need to put on the network. So I'd like to see more of content like that as well. Uh, so I hope it does change. But in the immediate future, I don't see any significant change with the network. I am a big Bianca Belair fan. I think she's a great wrestler, great performer, and frankly, she's a gorgeous woman, too. She's excelled in her role as a top female in WWE, but the fact is this. She's not a draw. Her merch doesn't sell. She doesn't draw large TV ratings. She doesn't sell tickets, and even her clips on YouTube rarely pass 300K, which is low considering that WWE has something like 82 million subscribers. So my question is, should WWE move her down the card, or do you think they should just stay the course with her? I think you stay the course. Uh, is she, you know, some significant draw? Of course not. Who really is? Um, especially in the women's division. It's certainly not fucking vanilla ice cream Liv Morgan. That's a major mistake. Uh, but who are they going to give it to? Becky's out. Sure, Bailey just returned. Uh, Sasha's been out. Charlotte's been out. Ronda's on a break. Let her keep it a while. I'm fine with that. Let's see if she builds some momentum. But if you're going by the standard that Bianca Belair is going to need to be any sort of a real draw, that's just not going to happen. It's really not. I mean, outside of someone, you know, like a Sable who is extremely popular at the time in the Attitude Era, you know, there's just there's very few exceptions to the rule. But I don't expect a women's wrestler to be a draw. I don't expect them to, you know, garner large TV ratings or large YouTube views generally or those sort of things. I mean, that's just the reality. I don't think that's a reason to take the championship offer because I don't think there's a better option and they still have to give her the opportunity. So we'll see what happens. I do agree with you, but I do think they should keep the title on Bianca. Hey, Brad, do you know much about the company standing of the New Day members backstage? I read that they're making seven figures per year, but they're never, ever used in big storylines and haven't been on a pay-per-view in months either. Well, of course, they're called premium live events now, pal. Um, you know, there's no sort of negative news or anything on the New Day members backstage. You know, they are a staple of the company. They've been there a long time. I find them extremely overplayed and boring, and I'm completely tired of them and think they need a change. But they are a consistent merchandise seller. 
their experienced talent that can go out there, you know, and do what they're asked. I mean, you know, they're really not for me, but I just think they're in a position right now. They can do anything. Of course, Big E is out and, and will be long term if he ever comes back. So I do think they need a change. But, you know, I, I mean, at this point, what else can you do with the new day? You do need a big character change. But what else can you do with them in their current form? They've really done it all. So I think the next move for New Day needs to be a character change. Uh, but, yeah, there's nothing negative with those guys at all. They're in great standing with everyone and well-liked. Hey, man, I love SummerSlam, and I think that Lesnar versus Reigns was just unbelievable. Such a great match and ending to their feud, I hope. Do you think it's fair to say that Reigns versus Lesnar is one of the greatest feuds of all time? Also, have you heard anything about WWE having plans for another match between them? Oh, geez. I mean, that's always possible, I guess. Right. I mean, not that they have it planned. Lesnar is advertised for their day one premium live event. Again, they it could always revisit this. I hope they don't like, you know, they've certainly done it plenty. I think it's run its course. It was the perfect ending. Uh, the way they did it at SummerSlam, I do think it is one of the greatest modern wrestling rivalries. Absolutely. Uh, certainly the biggest match in wrestling today over and over. So, yeah, absolutely. Kudos to them both. What's the backstage reaction to Chris Jericho in AEW? The guy is getting paid $8 million per year, and he's always in a top spot on TV, yet he's not drawing ratings or selling tickets. Plus, when you think about how full of marks AEW is, Chris Jericho isn't putting anyone over. All of his feuds end with Jericho going over. Uh, Jericho's Jericho. He's always been the same. I, I don't know that there's anything inherently negative about him. I mean, he does sometimes speak up backstage. I don't think that's a secret, uh, but he's a really experienced person. Now, I, I happen to think I have someone who's been a, a fan of his work, but I think here somewhat recently, maybe going back to last year, um, this has really turned into a negative for what is really a historic career in the industry. Um, so I, I really do hope he wraps this shit up real soon and finishes out in WWE. What's up, Brad? I got to ask you about the bloodline. I'm a huge mark for factions whenever they're booked really well, which is exactly what's happened with the bloodline. But at the same time, we're running into NWO lengths of time with this gimmick. Do you know of any plans to freshen it up? I have heard that Solo from NXT, the Usos' younger brother, has been spoken about coming up to the main roster since April and I've also read that The Rock's daughter, who just debuted in NXT, is going to do something uh, with the faction leading into The Rock versus Roman Reigns. This is all just from Reddit and no good sources. Can you add anything to it? <laughs> if you read it on Reddit, it must have been true. <laughs> Look, it's way too soon to talk about The Rock versus Roman Reigns. It may or may not happen, but it's too soon to talk about it. And... Certainly, there is nothing concrete planned that I'm aware of uh, for something by specific date to happen with uh, Solo or The Rock's Daughter. It's exciting to talk about, 
but nothing is concrete or set in stone, and it's way too early to talk about a potential match with Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Again, it all comes down to scheduling, and it's just too soon. Also, I have to say that I know you and Rob fell out over show stuff, but the way he keeps taking shots at you on Twitter is really immature. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are are seeing what you're seeing. I don't need to bury Rob. He'll bury himself, and uh, he is doing just that. What's your opinion about the forward party? It's another lie from Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang is a complete clown, and he should be ridiculed at every turn. It is completely embarrassing how this guy has turned out to be such a joke. A cuck. Just a squishy, weirdo, fucking all-talk-no-action idiot. Yeah, I, I have to say the Ford party is just his latest grift. It will have no real momentum and really nobody will care, including me. And that's a shame because I am not a supporter of the two-party system we have in place in the United States. Not a fan, not a supporter, don't like it. It's a corrupt, failed system. So it'd be nice to see other options, but this is not a viable, legitimate option. It's just another political grift. Hey, did you hear anything at all of Tony Khan at least reaching out to Brock Lesnar when he was a free agent? Business-wise, if I had to pick him at part-time versus punk full-time, I'm taking Lesnar hands down. Well, there was interest in Brock Lesnar when he briefly left WWE. Um, Obviously, you'd take Lesnar over punk if you had the option. That's a no-brainer any day of the week. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, Brock Lesnar wants to be in the big leagues. He wants to make money. He respects Vince. And, um, you know, I, I just think Brock Lesnar in AEW is not a fit for a lot of reasons. What's up, Brad? Hope all is well. Anyway, I'm 30 years old. I listen to shoot interviews all the time, and I'm a huge Jericho fan. I just listened to his most recent episode with Dave Meltzer, and I have never, ever in my life heard Meltzer be so pro-WWE. I'm not joking around, but he literally sounded giddy about WWE's future. He was putting over how their ratings are rising, how ticket sales have seen massive growth, better match quality, better pay-per-views and TV shows, etc. Even Chris Jericho himself was putting them over. Even more shocking is they both started slightly taking shots at AEW. Yes, Dave Meltzer pointed out that AEW isn't doing well. He flat out said that AEW will not get a better second TV deal. And he more or less said that it seems like AEW's glory days are finished. And Jericho agreed with him. I would send you in clips, but I don't know how to do that. Basically, Brad, what do you think about this? Couldn't believe it. And it's really got Reddit talking. Um, so I think, uh, Dave Meltzer with everything he does, he always has an agenda. So you, you always have to peel through the layers of what he's saying to get to the core, you know, his true agenda. Right. And, and if Dave thinks something is stronger, it's going to last, it's more go forward. 
is the big popular thing. That's what he's going to go with because, you know, he's trying to make the most money possible from his Mark subscribers. So when AEW was popular with that audience, he was all in on AEW. Now we're seeing, you know, the Paul Levesque era of WWE. That's also popular with that same audience. And so now he's starting to put WWE over. And that's all it is. It's pure agenda driven. And Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho wants to return to WWE one day and be in the Hall of Fame. Let's be honest here. It, that just is what it is. It's carny fucking wrestling bullshit. That's why you can never trust these guys. Yo, Brad, what's going on with this storyline? Has it been dumped? Also, what's the relationship of both guys with Triple H? Doesn't Bailey have a great ass? <laughs> Uh, I don't know uh, what storyline you're referring to or what's been dumped, but uh, speaking of dumpers, uh, Bailey does have a great ass. Um, so there you go. I think that we can all agree that lately WWE uh, has been absolutely hitting a home run uh, with their celebrity involvement on their TV show. So I was wondering, do you know anything about any possible upcoming deals WWE has in the works? Uh, I'm not aware of any deals that they currently have in the works. I'm sure Nick Khan excels at this. He's probably always working on something. Their celebrity involvement has been tremendous. I'm sure they'll do something. I, I do think the uh, the Logan Paul stuff has been exceptional. And he's got such a massive fan base. You know, I just think that was a complete home run for WWE. And if they continue to utilize him in the right way and understand how he is able to market to his audience, which is an audience that WWE wants, they can really, really benefit from that. I've read for the last two years that WWE has been in talks with ACDC about performing at WrestleMania, but that it kept getting delayed due to the fucking China virus. Ah, oh, that motherfucking China virus. God damn, pal. Latest stuff I'm hearing online is that Lesnar is done with WWE for 2022 and won't be back until the day one PLE event on January 1st, 2023. Do you know if this is true? And also, any idea on what the plans are for when, when he's back? Uh, no plans yet that I'm aware of uh, for when he returns. Obviously, it's going to depend on you know the number of dates he's doing, etc., but, you know, we're really I know you maybe heard Stephanie say once they they do storylines a year in advance. I mean, let's, you know, we're way too soon to to know uh, it's it's way, way too early to know uh, what the plans are going to be. You know, they're advertising him for January 1st. So we'll see. By the way, Brad, you're my dude, but you're so wrong about Sasha Banks. I'd eat that bitch's pussy and asshole all night long, but I got to give you the credit for talking shit about her from your real account. Not some burner like some bitch-ass Billy Body shit. Yeah, I mean, why would I be one of these little IWC pussies that gets behind a fake account with a fake profile picture, you know, with an account that was just created this month, and try and troll a bunch of people online because I'm such an emotionally inept loser that I can't control how strangers' opinions impact my life every day. That couldn't be me. 
Now that Triple H is running stuff, the online word is that a lot of wrestlers from other companies and now more interested than ever in signing or returning to WWE. Of course, I got to ask you about Punk and Danielson. I heard via Keep It at 100 that Danielson had mega heat with WWE management because he never told them that he was in talks with another company. He just asked for a break after his deal ran out, and they only found out he'd signed with AEW when it leaked online. With that heat in mind, and the fact that AEW have used him badly, that's true, and affected his drawing ability, do you think that they'll try to bring him back ever? I would say anything's possible. I mean, you look at all the people who've returned to the company. You know, if Bret Hart can return to WWE and and make good, then anybody probably can. But what's the point? I mean, Danielson and his age and his health, you you know, signing with this Mark company to live out his Mark fake match fantasy with all these other indie darling vanilla midget flippers just so he can fuck up his brain a little more. And he's sitting there giving interviews, talking about how the boys talk about flaccid dicks in the locker room. And like, this guy's a fucking disaster. What's the benefit of bringing this guy back? I mean, it's not it's certainly not huge. I mean, could they do it? Sure. But I I, I mean, I just I don't think it's going to be some big deal at this point. He's way cooled off from the Yes movement. Do you think it's fair to say that CM Punk is never coming back to WWE? He's talked more shit about Triple H than anyone since leaving in 2014. That is pretty true. Um, Obviously, you know, I I don't think they're in any worse position now that Vince has left uh, than they are with Paul. But that is really going to be interesting to watch. Uh, You know, I think CM Punk has had what you would consider a Hall of Fame career in WWE. Right. And again, the Hall of Fame was all in the mind of one man who's no longer part of the company, technically. So it's fascinating to see where they're going to go from here. Could you see that happening? Sure. Do I think CM Punk is going back to a WWE ring to wrestle? Nah, probably not. Um, Would he ever go back to do an induction? I think that's possible. We'll see what happens. I may be asking you an obvious question, but do you know of any guys who really don't have a chance of returning to WWE. I have heard that Enzo Amore is likely never, ever coming back to WWE. And also Nia Jax. I've heard that she had nuclear backstage heat for almost her entire career, but due to her family connection, she got zero punishment ever. So I would guess there's not a chance we'll see her back, even though we all know you think she's hot, Brad. I love that Billy interview, by the way. I'd love to hear him on reading the emails one of these days. Uh, so, yeah, I, Enzo, you never say never, but probably not. Um, he definitely did have heat. You know, Enzo got a raw deal. I mean, he certainly had backstage and outside of the ring behavior they didn't care for, like, yeah, it was described to me like he'd go to the club at night and wear his cruiserweight championship belt like a mark. But Enzo was a guy who had that it factor. He was entertaining. He was a draw. He's someone with the WWE brand behind him that could be a star. And so I think they really missed the ball on Enzo. They were so concerned about the woke mob coming for them because of false allegations of sexual assault that they didn't allow him to have his day in court where he could be proven innocent before they jumped to reactions and released him. 
So I think that was a big mistake, and they missed out. And uh, but Enzo is is a guy that's valuable to any brand. And Nia Jax, yeah, I mean she has the the credibility of being a very big woman, but yeah, she did definitely have uh, some heat backstage, especially amongst the women. And uh, yeah, I mean <laughs> she's she's certainly talking her shit now too that she's out of WWE. So you never say never. But those are two of the ones I would say, yeah, probably not. Do you believe there is an Illuminati in NWO and not the NWO from WCW? Yes, I do. I do believe there is a new world order. I do believe there are rich elites running this, not just country, but essentially the globe. These globalists who are uh, a cabal of people meeting to discuss agendas and how these countries are going to be ran and what they're going to do with people's lives, you know, not obviously at the individual level, but you know, how, how things are going to, going to shape up essentially. I absolutely do believe that. And I don't believe that just because I'm some conspiracy nut. I believe that because there's information out there that you can vet and look at and come to that conclusion. Do you know anything about the relationship between Triple H and Matt Riddle these days? I heard that they butted heads a few times in NXT, which is one of the reasons why Triple H never made him the top guy there. Plus, it's been confirmed that Riddle was one of Vince's boys. Do you know if there's still any type of issue between Riddle and Triple H? And will it affect his push in WWE? Well, obviously, Triple H has the ability to push different people now. So that's certainly something to watch for, but I'm not aware of any real heat between Riddle and Triple H. Even if Riddle is not Triple H's kind of guy, I don't think the guy is just going to completely fall off the radar. He, you know, maybe his push is the same, maybe it's not, but he's someone they built up enough. I don't believe they're just going to completely drop him. Although, to be fair, I wish they would because I am also not a Riddle guy. Have you ever felt that AEW was better than WWE? Apart from AEW having louder crowds, which I think has tarnished the last episode of SmackDown, I personally have never felt that AEW was better than WWE, even at WWE's worst parts. I have never felt like AEW was better than WWE. Not for a minute, a second, a microsecond. There was never a time that I thought, this episode of Rampage is better than SmackDown. Of course not. We're talking minor leagues versus the big leagues. Absolutely not. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's simply just something about AEW that I just cannot get into. You too, huh? Very interested to know what you think. Well, that's pretty much what I think. Um, I think AEW is going in completely the wrong direction, catering to the wrong audience. I I just think they're missing the mark completely, uh, pun intended. If Sean Ross Sapp shaves his hair and pierces his eyebrows and becomes buff, how would you feel? And would he gain your respect? No. If Tony Khan hired Big Show and Mark Henry as linebackers, And Wardlow is a wide receiver. Do you think his team might get some success? Sure, maybe the Jaguars win six games that season instead of five. 
Thoughts on the new USFL and should the WWE try to recruit them since they have size and they're cheaper than NFL players? I think that's a great idea. I think the more athletes, you know, you look at a Pat McAfee in NFL background, you look at Happy Corbin in NFL background, there's a lot of wrestlers with sports backgrounds, including the NFL and others. Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic idea. So just a few days ago, 2K22 did their stockholder meeting, and they reported that the fantastic WWE 2K22 has generated, this is not a lie, $717 million. <laughs> the game came out in March, and it's not out of the question that the game will generate $1 billion by the end of the year. Brad, with this news coming out about that money, which obviously WWE won't get all of the income, but it's a great success. And WWE in general being in a good role in 2022, how do you think that Tony Khan will respond to this? Uh, maybe by putting out a game that will lose him millions of dollars and has nearly no functionality compared to WWE 2K. That's probably how he'll respond to it. Brad, I am appalled and disgusted by your recent tweet where you compared Kevin Owens to Porky Pig. The fact is... He is a first-class entertainer who is well-respected and loved internationally. And even though he does not possess the star power of some of the more famous people in his company, it's true, <laughs> he has shared the stage with those big stars, and those stars have accepted him. Furthermore, he has overcome a language barrier and weight problems to achieve this level of success. Has he really overcome those weight problems, though? Look, you and I can be 400 pounds. We're not TV stars making millions of dollars to look the part we're supposed to play on TV. That's the difference. Meanwhile, you have the audacity to compare him to a character that's a fat slob that should be living in a barnyard, run around in mud and animal shit. Yes, Brad, you need to apologize to Porky Pig. <laughs> Kevin Owens is still a fat sack of shit. He is still Porky Pig. That's what he should audition for, and I will not be apologizing for that. Why is Mustafa Ali mad? Brad's butt beauties, but not angry at Heyman's hustle booty list, which is more vulgar. Why do AEW fans love the dead dad promos from Christian and MJF, but go crazy on your opinion on Brody Lee being worshipped? This is a great question from The Swerve Show on YouTube. Check them out. Um, it's the hypocrisy of these woke SJW fans who happen to love Mustafa Ali, who happen to have loved Brody Lee. And, and so they're just complete hypocrites, as we know that these you know woke SJWs often are. Right. And, and so that's what it's all about. They don't actually care that I have a Brad's butt beauties list that I rate women's wrestlers butts. That's not actually what's triggering to them because they're perfectly OK with Paul Heyman doing this. They're not upset about me saying Brody Lee was worshipped and his death was tragic because they laughed and popped and thought it was great when Christian and MGF did their dead dad promo. So. If they do it and they they like them, it's okay, it's funny, it's good. If I do it, 
I'm an awful person. And that's why you never take these people seriously or ever listen to them, ever. Is there any short-term repercussions for Tony Khan business-wise, considering the merger stuff with ROH, etc.? Or is it more long-term things he'll have to deal with? Dude seems in shambles at the moment. There has been a lot of struggles. I mean, you mentioned those things. Let's talk about the behind-the-scenes backstage stuff going on. He had uh, someone almost walk out. He had begged him to, to stay. There's been a lot of turmoil backstage that is not being reported by the wrestling news sites, with the exception of Ringside News, because they don't want to lose their mark access. Yeah, there's going to be repercussions for Tony Khan business-wise if he doesn't get his shit together. But the problem seems to be he's listening to people who tell him what he wants to hear and not people like me who give him the honesty he needs. What's the worst Marvel movie you've seen? Maybe one of the Ghost Riders or Elektra. Um, there's been a few stinkers for sure. Don't know that I have one that stands out as the worst. Uh, but they've certainly, you know, they've had their hits, granted. But they've certainly had some misses as well. Is Zero News legit? Thoughts on the account? Uh, okay. You know, I would say with the person behind that account, I have no problem with them personally. We've had some private conversations. Seems to be a perfectly fine person. So, you know, nice person. Have no issues with them whatsoever. When it comes to, you know, coming on the scene in a difficult situation, which is, you know, trying to develop a following and reporting on insider wrestling news and building an audience and legitimacy, that's a difficult thing. You know, there's a lot of gatekeepers in wrestling media and you have to really prove yourself. And it's it's a difficult thing, uh, you know, reporting on wrestling news. You know, is he legit? You know, I've definitely seen some reports and I haven't looked into it a lot that are accurate. You know, I've seen some ones that seem to not be accurate, you know, and you have to really filter through the information you get. You know, ultimately, um, you know, if you have a source, do they stay? You know, do they get moved around to the company? There's a lot of dynamics at play. And, you know, again, I don't have any issue with them. I think, though, the jury is still out, you know, to be determined on how that will play out. You look and sound like a pissed off wrestler who never made it. Now, in order to be in the spotlight, you have to be the biggest ass imaginable. Well, if anyone's going to be the biggest ass, it would be me because I am certainly writing them. Why all the hate on Kevin Owens? I know he's a big boy. I don't want him doing corner cannonballs or flip-flop stuff. I just want him to get in there and beat the piss out of enhancement talent. Well, we can definitely do that. If he wants to bit, beat the piss out of enhancement talent, let's demote him to NXT, and then you can watch him on Tuesday nights, and I don't have to. That's all the time we have for this week. I'll be back next week with a new episode of Brad Shepard Unleashed, and you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brad Shepard Unleashed. Unleashed. Stay connected to Brad 24-7 for news, announcements, and analysis by following him on Twitter at It's Brad Shepard. You've been listening to Brad Shepard Unleashed. Yeah.